Yo, welcome back to Blowing Up. It's your boy, uh, Dwight, coming to you live from the Holiday Inn Express in Dayton, ritzy, bragging, I know, we out here. Uh, today on the podcast, I have the wonderful, hilarious, crippled threat of comedy, Ryan the Miller. It's a good chat. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. Had a big week. I was in New York City, baby. Went there for a wedding. Took the wife. We had a great time. Shout out to Tom Dakar and his lovely wife, Antonia. They got married at the Bell House in Brooklyn. It was beautiful. Saw a lot of pals. I used to live in New York, and I had not been back in about six years. It was nice to be back in the big city. Did some shows. Got some... Weird stares from Brooklyn hipsters. It was fun. It felt good. I missed it. And then I looked up one property on Zillow and I was like, I'm good. I'm good in the Midwest. Disposable income is nice. It was cool though. Got back. Megan had her hamstring surgery. Successful. Uh, Now we just got that Oxy, baby. She got four pills of Oxy. Thank you. To the Sackler family. Make it really hard to get drugs legally. When we need them. But she's surviving. We're thriving. Oh my god, I got to do the Comedy Attic in Bloomington on Wednesday. What a fantastic show. It was for their summer competition. Got to close that bad boy out. Packed room. The room's heaven on earth anyway. But good to see so many talented comics duking it out for the chance to be named the funniest in Bloomington. Uh, Hosted by my main man, Matt Alano Martin. He did a great job. Shout out to Stephanie Lockbeeler, longtime friend, for winning the bet. Man, God, she had a hot set. Great room. I was on cloud nine. I love it there. But yeah, in Dayton, doing shows with a funny bone. Been good so far. Not much to do in Dayton. Eat, drink, uh, sleep. I'll do all those things in that order probably. Uh, I do have some more shows coming up back in Indianapolis for my show. My baby, Brewtube Comedy at Goodman House, September 8th. That's a Thursday. Get your tickets. We've got a few seats left. At That's uh, been a popular show, so I'm happy with that. And then I'm at On Tour Brewing, back in Chicago, September 22nd. Get tickets. Come see me, Shy City. We always have fun there. Got more dates up at DwightSimmons.com. I'm not going to bore you. Let's get into the talk with my main man, Ryan. I hope you enjoy it. Matter of fact, you better enjoy it. That's an order. Here's Ryan and Miller. Ryan, I'm here with Ryan the Miller. Oh my good, my homie. How you doing, dude? What's up, Dwight? It's been a bit. I know, man. You've been on the uh, road, right? I mean, yeah, and and I and I moved from the state that you live in. I don't know if you announce where you live on this podcast, so I don't want to blow up your spot. But here's Dwight's exact yeah. address. Here is exactly <laughs> where he lives. Yo, don't come finding me in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so, so I, I moved out of India a couple years ago, and then you know. 
I was a pretty on the busy on the road from the year before that. So it's probably been a good three years since I got to see you in person. I know it's bullshit. Where are you at now? You're in LA. I'm a little south of LA. So it's a little town called Murrieta. It's like in between San Diego and LA. Okay. That's pretty like accessible to like yeah, get around yeah, it, LA and stuff. It, it, it's a little inconvenient. It's going to take about an hour and a half to get up there depending on traffic. But, but that was the, uh, the compromise my wife and I came up with. So she's from here. She's a teacher here. She'd rather live in LA. I hate big cities as far as like yeah. living. It's fun to right. work there, but man, I don't want to learn how to parallel park. I'm past that part in my life. <laughs> I got no desire for that. I just want to pull in <laughs> with plenty of space. Yeah. We, we got a four car garage right now, Dwight. You think I'm going to give that yeah. up for Los <laughs> Angeles? Oh my God! Four cars in L, four car garage in LA. You're doing it big, dog. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're we're yeah, this rent this rental's popping. <laughs> tell you that, but <laughs> it has been a while since I've seen you, uh, man. When do you remember when we first met? Uh, I don't remember specifically. It's probably been yeah. it, it was pro it was pretty quick. I think when I had moved to L or uh, back to Indianapolis after I started in LA. Yeah. I want to say I feel like it, was I was... it was probably 2011-ish, 2012-ish yeah. in that ballpark. I am very forgettable, so I'm not blaming you. But <laughs> exactly. I, I, don't, I think the first time I saw you was at the old Morty's, like the original Morty's maybe. Yeah. Uh, either doing an open mic or doing like a feature set or something. Something like that. I like, well, I, I, first of all, I want to acknowledge, just, I don't want you to get offended if yeah. I don't remember the exact day. Uh, I, I tell people this all the time. <laughs> I am going to have the worst memoir of all time one day because, because I don't remember specific dates or cities or the, the only reason I remember AGT is because there is video evidence of the exact yeah. days that things happen. If it wasn't for that, like, like all the time, uh, Turhune, oh, Brett Turhune, like, I don't remember exactly when I've met and he's one of my best right. friends in the world and I do a podcast with him and I'm like, yeah, it was vaguely around like 2010-ish, yeah. maybe. I don't know. It's one of my favorite questions to ask because I also have a terrible memory. God. Like a lot of people will just call me out and be like, that wasn't the first time we met. But you run into that. <laughs> We've when... never met, Dwight. We've, <laughs> We've, never met. <laughs> We've never met. This was a trick and you have failed. Yeah. You swiped on Tinder and it was an accident. <laughs> and here you are. Yeah, I, I used to be really good at I, I prided myself on, you know, like, like, even like growing up, going going through school, my my schools weren't big, but you know, there were a few hundred people there. I prided myself on like everybody I met. I remembered their full name. I remembered why I know that. Like even when I started getting to college, I, I I always thought like I had been taught that it's one of those things like oh it's very polite to like you know yeah you, you make a big impression on somebody if you haven't seen them in a while and you're like oh your name is this I remember you from this right once you once you start doing comedy at least for me once I started doing comedy just and not even when I was like big just like you do so many comedy shows i'd be doing sometimes you know seven shows a week seven nine yeah. like and you're in all these different cities you just you meet too many people yeah and you, and your the, brain starts to compartmentalize you're like i can't remember all these people dude you gotta man <laughs> you gotta pick yeah. I, I, like if you remember this random person in owensboro kentucky you're gonna forget your mom's birthday like you gotta make a choice <laughs> you know you only got so much space exactly. like i have a much better much better chance of remembering you if i see you on social media than if we've met like 12 times in real life. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember you from a good flyer you've been on. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I generally remember you for. That's hilarious, man. Uh, 
Man, so for people that don't know you, you are the self-proclaimed cripple threat of comedy. Yes. Uh, this is, is that something that just came to you? Um, uh, or... it, it's, it's an idea I had had for a long time. So people who know me, I think know this, but for anyone who might be listening to this discovery for the first time, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my, that was always my initial, uh, performance dream was to be a pro wrestler like like i always loved comedy and stuff like that but but for me you know 11 year old ryan was like i'm gonna be a pro wrestler one day in high yeah. school i had come up with the character idea of the cripple threat so there was uh, um I, I won't get too into the wrestling weeds here uh are you a fan I, I can't remember if you're a fan of wrestling or not i'm not a fan i'm gonna ask you about it later because okay. there's so many so many comics that are uh, I, I was gonna say fans be, of wrestling be- not being a wrestling fan in real life, not bothersome. There is a yeah. disproportionate amount of comics who love wrestling. Like, like the I know, percentages man. are skewed compared to like common people. It's, it's weird. Like, it's just like, you know, comics like circle up and start talking about whatever nonsense. I'll just ease my way out. I'll just slowly, awkwardly back <laughs> out of the, the wrestling chat. Yeah, it's like, hey, I know uh, The Rock. I do need another beer. I do know The Rock. I've heard of The Rock. Yeah, I've heard of him. He sounds pretty neat. Uh, but uh, So not to get too into the weeds, but there was a, uh, a wrestling stable in the mid-90s in ECW called The Triple Threat, mm-hmm. where it was a, a stable of three guys. And I thought cripple threat was just a good play on words. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I think I would use that as a wrestling name. I think that'd be cool. Uh, I trained to be a wrestler for about three months when I was 21, when I was still in okay. college. Uh, it's really rough on the body. My body just couldn't take it. It wasn't yeah. a disability thing per se. It was just a, I'm I'm not a naturally gifted athlete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a bad back. It was just, it was a lot of stuff like that. It just. What was it, the it, training like? Was it like taking falls or was it? Yep. Trying so to throw was, people around. And... Yeah, it was a lot of that. But like early on, especially, it's more just how to safely fall. Right. For the mo- at least from my experience, I don't want to claim that I'm an expert on this. I trained for three months, almost twenty years ago. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not really a pro on this. But you're heckling for... people in street fights. Like, hey, see, you want to get some leverage. <laughs> Here's what you want to. <laughs> uh, but but for my, like mostly like early on, it's just about not dying. You know, it's it's okay. about kind of getting your body used to to the falls because. I don't, I don't think I'm breaking new ground here. Pro wrestling is scripted, Dwight. It's not a it's not a legit thing. It's, yeah. Uh, but 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 it is a very athletic thing. And to be able to do it at a high level, you need to be able to fall safely. Because, like, you're working together, but if you don't know what you're doing, you could die. <laughs> like, right. like, literally die. So No, yeah. Like, the it's fake and scripted, but the blood is real, I assume. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and just the falls, you know? Like, you learn to fall safely, but, like, those mats are hard. And if you do that, you know, 20 times a night, five nights a week, if you're like at that kind of level. Right. It does a toll on your body, man. It's not like your body's not designed to do that. I did a martial arts in college. I got my martial arts certificate. I was really. Oh, look at you. uh, Quit bragging. I know. Right. Like I was so into Bruce Lee, but I was like the learning how to fall. I was like, you know, I don't I'm taking these classes to try to stay on my feet. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm falling down, right. something's well, gone terribly wrong. Well, well I, I will say uh, over the years, I've become progressively more clumsy. And, <laughs> and, and having this knowledge base of how to fall has actually yeah. probably prevented me from having like more serious injuries 
Yeah. Like when I when I plus like I have shorter arms too, so I can't really brace myself the same right. way when I'm falling. But I have learned like, oh yeah, just make sure you tuck your chin. That's the thing that's most important. Take yeah. it all in the back. Spread <laughs> yep. spread your body out. That's how you gotta fall, man. Yep. You'll you'll roll up and then you won't be able to walk tomorrow. But exactly. Uh what is what is your exact uh disability called? Uh honestly, th- this is another reason why I'm bad. I don't fully know. It's just uh um why can't I think of the word right now? It's being handsome, Dwight. It's being very yeah, handsome. Well, that is obviously. what it's called. It's Staring handsome and a right huge now. dick. A disproportionately <laughs> large dick. It's been a burden to my wife and all of my family. Oh, talk uh, about bad back. <laughs> that's, that's the reason I couldn't do it. The wrestling, the falls, I would hit myself in the face every time. It wasn't working. Uh, no, I, I just have a congenital birth defect. So my, my particular uh, limb difference is not from any kind of like, you know, there was, I always said this wrong, there was like the thalidomide babies around like the air, because I'm like 40 years old, around the time there was some drug that a lot of mothers were taking that were causing basically okay. lobster children to, I, I'm allowed to say that, you can't say yeah. lobster children, but I can say it. That's um, what the podcast episode is going to be called. <laughs> lobster children. <laughs> That's not a bad one, actually. Uh, so from what we think happened, my mom had the flu when she was mm-hmm. pregnant with me, like she had to be hospitalized at one point for it. She was just super dehydrated and such. Yeah. We think that might have caused it, but honestly, man, I, we were, we were poor white trash. Essentially. You know, I grew up in a trailer mm-hmm. park. We didn't have a lot of money to like, you know, they were like, Oh, he's not, he's healthy. His organs work. He's not going to like, yeah, he just has the weird arms. All right. Yeah. They weren't, they, they didn't have like a hundred thousand dollars to start, you know, right. really deep diving into it and figuring it out. So right. to my knowledge, just a congenital birth defect in a limb difference. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? I grew up uh, in a little town called DeMott, Indiana. Yeah. So I've driven in, past DeMott. Oh yeah. That's but, a trailer but, park town? <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not all the time. Where I lived in yeah. it was the trailer okay. park part of town. Uh, most people know it if you're in Indiana, when you're going up 65, it's mm-hmm. the last really good place to like use the bathroom and get food mm-hmm. and stuff because there's like some truck stops right off <laughs> the freeway yeah. there before yeah. you get into Chicago, get up in that area. Right. Uh, just just a really small uh, farming town for the most part. Tragically white. We're like yeah. exceptionally white. <laughs> like uh, 90, I think in the last census, it was like 99.8% white or something ridiculous like that. Just can we round it up, please? Yeah, for... yeah exactly. I, I, I say this jokingly and, and I say this, he is still a really good friend of mine. I saw him like two weeks ago. Uh, but to give you an idea of just how white my hometown was, I had a friend in high school growing up whose nickname was The Mexican. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the nickname for him. Damn. Uh, you know, so like like there, there was a point where I felt like I was people's justification for being allowed to tell racist jokes because, <laughs> because I was the, I was the diversity in my town. Oh my God. You know, it's like, so this, so this black guy is like, no, no, I'm friends with Ryan. It's cool. It's totally cool. I'm friends with Ryan. He's, you said it's Ryan okay. said like, I could say it. Yeah. I'm like, that's not the, <laughs> all right. Ryan said, I didn't have to skip any of the lyrics in this Dr. Dre <laughs> yeah, song. He said, he said, as long as I don't use the hard R, it's cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. Totally, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny, man. Oh, that's I, I remember um, watching you early on and you get on stage and you tell probably five minutes of jokes and then you address uh, what everyone can see in the room. I just thought it was masterful and so funny. I as like 
Is that a thing where you started doing that as you got more comfortable as a comic? Or was that just like a natural inclination? I always thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. Honestly, uh, it's one of those things that like in hindsight, knowing what I know now, as far as like trying to get TV or trying to get something going, it's not the move I should have done. Uh, every, every like good, like most of the good comics I've ever worked with that better, like, you know, higher on the totem pole than either of us, <laughs> you yeah. know, or, or even like TV people were like, okay, well, he's funny, but like, why isn't he talking about it? Right. Why isn't he? And, 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 and they do kind of have a little bit of a point. So I used to do it for sports. Like it was just really fun to like build an awkward tension. Cause I wouldn't talk about it for five, 10 minutes, depending on how long my set was. Right. I just wanted to do some jokes. I just wanted to get some stuff out. Uh, Part of it was I wanted to build that tension. I always thought it was a fun – because the audience is going like, well, shit, he's got to know, right? Like, why isn't he yeah. – <laughs> should, we, should we tell him? I don't know. Right. Why, why, why hasn't he said anything? And then when I do make the first one, that kind of sense of, oh, okay. God, he does <laughs> right. know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but on the other hand of that, it was sort of um, – it was wasting some of my stage time. Yeah, I, I would still get laughs, but like people weren't fully paying attention to what I was saying because they were still going, when's he going to talk about? When's he going to mention it? When does he does right. he ever mention it? Like, and, and I don't think like when it comes to comic, anyone that has something that's a little different and, and, and I use that very vaguely. If you're the only black person on a show, which mm -hmm. I mean, you've done comedy in Indiana, a yeah. lot, a lot of times in a lot of the cities you do. You're the Last you're night. the novel you're the novelty on the show yeah. you know Last like it, night, the night yeah, before <laughs> exactly my entire the career that. <laughs> being in the middle <laughs> but like so it's one of those things that like obviously I I know you really well I know you're a super funny guy I don't think you have to be the token black guy on a comedy show by any means but yeah. sometimes getting to be able to get an audience to listen to you and on your side. You kind of have to address the elephant. Okay, yeah, I'm the one black guy in this room. Ha ha. Right. And then you can kind of do it. If you don't mention it or you build to this, like, they're not paying attention the first 10, 15 minutes of what you're doing. Not as much as they should be. It's not like you won't get laughs at all or they won't care. But there's going to be a little sense of, like, all right, like, is this, is he, when's yeah. he going to do it? When's the, <laughs> you know, when's the thing? Right. This is, uh, this is, that's a really good point because even though you're not addressing it, just being on stage, you are addressing it. Yep. Really. And I wanted to bring that up because I remember, you know, having lunch with you and you being frustrated because even though you have this way of constructing your sets, at least early on, people would say, whether it was jealous comics or just dumb people online would say, uh, you being on stage is just a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, I was curious how did you deal with that early on, and if that still happens to you? Uh, it not it not nearly to as much as it used to. So, um, mm -hmm. it, it it was very frustrating because like I've always looked at it this way, and and this was when when I did AGT as well. It was the first time I really had like a huge audience looking at me. Yeah, and, and, and for the most part, it was very positive. Like the response was great. Like it, it's really good for the ego, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. like it, it was a yeah. very <laughs> It was a very positive experience, but the people who do dislike you, uh, it would always be for the same reason. Like, like if you just don't think I'm funny, that's that's a totally different argument. You know, like like comedy right. is very subjective. I don't get personally offended if you just don't like my act. Right. You know, I might think you're wrong, but <laughs> but you know, whatever. Like, I'm not. Comedy is very suggestive. There's 
Yeah. There is some of the best comics in the world. I don't think are that amazing personally, but it's a personal taste. I would never fault right. you for liking them. That's not what it is. But when people would be like, oh, he just talks about his disability. He's just mm -hmm. talking about his arms. And I'm like, well, yeah, that is a big part of it. But it's not <laughs> yeah. because I'm some like gimmick. I'm not up there with a puppet or a right. guitar or something like that. Right. Like I'm talking about it because it's literally my life. Yeah, th th this isn't fake. It's not it's not like I don't do two hours of makeup and prosthetics <laughs> before I go on stage. Right. I've made I've made the crippled threat character. <laughs> if I'm talking about my disability, guess what? When I'm off stage, I still have a disability. Right. You know, I'm still having yeah. trouble. I was still having trouble dating. I was having trouble finding work. Kids staring at me and making fun of me in public. Those yeah. are real things I deal with. If you don't want me to tell jokes about them, quit doing that shit to me. You know, yeah. hire me for a job. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you know, like, like if you don't want me to talk about, like, in a perfect world, I would never have to talk about it. We would never have to talk about disability. You wouldn't have right. to acknowledge, you know, anything about being black whatsoever. Because yeah. you could just be funny. If you right. want to talk about it, you could, but like, we're just not there yet as a society. Like, you have to acknowledge stuff. And, and, and it always frustrated me so much, too, because they would say, oh, he just talks about his disability. I'm like, yeah, because it makes me unique. Exactly. I, 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 this is a hard business to stand out in. Like, right. like it took me like 13 years to get AGT to give me a shot. And for a lot of comics, I made it fast. You know, like that, that that's like, yeah, they're only 13 years. Good job, yeah. man. Yeah. You, you, you worked the system. I want to talk about, can we dive into that? Like, yeah, what was absolutely. the, what was the process of auditioning for AGT? And what was the journey of finally getting over that hump? So... It, it was for, for me, it took about a five year period before I actually got on AGT. Mm -hmm. So without getting too deep in the weeds about it, because I honestly don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about. Oh, we want the, this we want the weeds. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give as many of the we weeds. We got comedy nerds on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give as many of the weeds as I, as I feel I, I legally can. Because okay. the, show, the, the show was good to me. It's It's not like. I, I got third place, man. It changed my career yeah. and my life. I, I'm not here to to shit on <laughs> on that <Yeah>. <laughs> whatsoever. The, the show was amazing to me. But my, my general experience. So I first auditioned for the show in probably like 2014, maybe 2015. Okay. Um, I got a audition. Uh, at the time, they called them Q auditions. I don't know what they're called now. But essentially, you're still going to a site to audition. But instead of just waiting in the cattle call, yeah, you would have you would have a rehearsal time. So so it's you you would be on their on their radar in some variety. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get on the show if they want. Because like I'll tell you this: if they want you on the show, they just put you on the damn show. It's a right. TV show, you know. Right. It has it's not it, it's not a pure talent show in the way that I think a lot of people or how they early marketed it. Right. You know, the, the early marketing of AGT when it first was a show was. Cop, normal people just drive, go on down and it can change your life. And like, there, there are some people who do that. Uh, my buddy, Brandon Leak, who is a poet who won two years ago, I think. Okay. He was literally a dude who just showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he just has this personality and he knew how to connect and he had a great story and it worked out for him. He won the damn thing. So it is possible. But so for me, uh, they as a favor to Taylor Williamson who is a uh, very funny comic I knew from San Diego from when I first started. He had got second place on the show the season before. Okay. And so they were like, 
they were like, he was like, basically, this guy's really funny. You know, he has a great story. I think he'd be good for the show. So they gave me one of these little auditions. I think I drove to Milwaukee for that one, I think. Okay. That sounds right. From, from Indy? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I drove. I might have been, been living in Terre Haute at the same, but same thing, basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I went up there. Uh, I was cocky as hell, man. And, 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 and I think we all, I think we all have this period in our growth, like, because I'm, I'm maybe seven, eight years into comedy. I had started to become a really good feature act at that point. Right. You know, like, like right. where I'm crushing, I'm, I'm, I don't, I never did it on purpose, but like I'm burying headliners sometimes. Yeah. I got my, my 20 to 30 minutes is great. I'm headlining, you know, bar shows and, and right. breweries and stuff like that. I'm like, and I, I can't be touched right now. I'm killing it. I barely mm-hmm. prepared. I was like, I, I, just, I just did an hour last week. I can do two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> who, who cares about that? I went in there. I did okay. But like, I, me- I remember in that audition, the first joke I told, my brain went, why are you telling this joke? Because it had like a dirty ending. And like, I know you oh, can't no. like intellectually. I know you can't do it. I didn't do the dirty. I kind of worked around it, but it was awkward and weird because I never told the joke that way before. Right. I was really underprepared. Uh, it did not go well. Uh, I, I was, cause I was also thrown off too. A lot of times when you do those type of auditions, uh, I thought you'd kind of be in a room where it's like, okay, there's like a hundred acts that are about to audition. You all go up there one at a time. You'll kind of have everyone else is the audience for you. I thought it'd be right. like a, you know, like a room you go into this giant banquet hall and it's, it was me, the producer, the camera guy. My God, that was it. <laughs> oh, and that was the first time I'd done anything like that. Like now, I I could I could crush that if I needed to. I'm prepared for that. Right. I didn't know that was going to be the case. They don't tell you. It's just you yep. and the parole board, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Like dance monkey. Let's see what you got. So I I, I went in there. Like I'm not gonna say I bombed, but I bombed. Like it was like. It was the thing where, like, as I walked out of the room, I was like, yeah, this did not happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the year <laughs> for me. Uh, but it was one of those things that, like, it humbled me a little bit, but in a good way. It was like, yeah. okay, you still need to, whenever you think you got it figured out, you still got to prepare and you still got to bring it. You still got to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, like, because up, up to that point, for better or worse, natural talent had just kind of got me through everything. Yeah, you know, that, like, like I, I think I'm a pretty good joke writer and a good performer, but a lot of that is just natural instinct. I just knew right. how to do it. But like now even, that even oh, getting this opportunity, I was like, like of course I'm going to get this opportunity. Yeah, I kinda, yeah, I, I kind of dumb lucked into it because I've just been good at comedy. And Taylor is a friend of mine. He thought I was funny. It's so it just right. worked out. Um, so it didn't work out. And in my brain, I was like, hey, if I ever get the chance again, I'll know what to do. I'll, I'll be ready to go. Um. Fast forward three years later, uh, I got contacted by somebody from the show, and they kind of said, "Hey, would you be interested in coming to one of the sites and auditioning for us?" Not, not a, not a guarantee you're going to get on kind of thing, but a, a similar situation. They're like, "You look like somebody that might be what we're looking for." I, I'm fairly she's like her name was Renee. She changed my life. I, I still talk to her now. She's amazing. I'm pretty sure when she first found me, she was probably just Googling disability acts or something like that. <laughs> you know, you go, I, Renee. Yeah, because, because I don't know how, like, up until that point, I had never had, like, a video go viral. I never had anything like that. Like, I, I, I was a really good live show act. Yeah. You know, like, like 
I was I could if you come see me in person, I crushed almost that's, all the time. That's the game, right? But but I didn't have like an online presence that like people across the country knew how strong oh, this guy's an up and comer. It's like no, if you happened to be at a comedy show that I was performing at, you'd be like, oh shit, that guy was great. Right. But no one knew who I was. Um. So I I, I took a lot lot more serious this time. This one was in Chicago. Uh, I went up there. The, the audition was a little bit different. They brought in three at other acts. So oh, there's three of us total in the room auditioning that were the same thing. Like kind of like, oh, well, I heard you do this. Let's see what you can do. Uh, I, I don't remember the one guy because he was kind of a douche. Um, but my friend, <laughs> uh, Sydney Davis Jr. Jr., who I don't – do you know Sydney? No. I know uh, the first junior, not the second junior. Okay, junior. yeah. Yeah, so she was uh, – she's super funny. Uh, she was faculty at um, uh, Second City in Chicago okay. for a while. Uh, she's in Nashville now. Uh, she's a great, great comic. She's very funny. I uh, highly recommend her if you haven't seen her before. Uh, she was in there too. So we became friends after because we kind of like bonded. The other guy was just a tool who – and I kind of saw it happening. He was like he, – he came in like I did. The it first was his time. first time auditioning. Yeah, where, where you could where you could tell, like as he walked in, yeah. like he's like, "There's no way I'm not getting this. This is." Probably, I just did a fucking I, hour last night. Yeah, I just I'm good. And, and he was okay. He did like song comedy. Like I, I'm, a, his attitude is what made him a douche. It's not like he was a bad actor or anything. It was just he right. kind of was very like, "I'm why am I talking to you, lowly people? I'm the one that's gonna make this." <laughs> um. So uh, I, I had a really strong audition this time. I did really well in this one. The uh, I don't know if I, in hindsight, I don't know if I kind of took the producer aback a little bit because after I did my act, it, it was mostly arm jokes because okay. that's what I was like, oh yeah, that you get two minutes, that's what that's what this is gonna be, you know, right. like it's just what makes me different right now. And he kind of asked me, he's like, do you do other material other than you know jokes about your disability? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I have I have hours of jokes, right? But I was like, but then I kind of was like, but why would I? This is what makes me different and unique and it's my life you know i i didn't say it as a douche but i kind of like i think i took like, off. <laughs> yeah I, 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 th I think in their head they're supposed to be like oh yeah just yeah i can do whatever you need sir i can do yeah <laughs> and, and, like, and I, think Bitch, he, I know what you're looking for come <laughs> yeah. on now and, and i think he was a little like oh okay so it, it wasn't like contentious but i i don't i don't think he was expecting that answer uh i found out after the fact because i actually made it the next year the next year is okay. when i actually got on the show um i was able to audition with a video this time because yeah. cause in between that uh, that audition and then when I actually got on the show, I did have my first video finally go viral. It was my set that I taped for uh, Laughs on Fox. Right. Uh, that when uh, Steve Hofstetter, who's a good friend of mine, who uh, ran Laughs on Fox, when he took over Comedy Juice and he okay. was trying to get a lot of those videos going viral because he, 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 he has so many viral videos, it's ridiculous. His heckler yeah. videos. Right. It, it's, it, it's so funny how... For years, everybody was like, "You fucking hack! Man, you just do heckler man. videos." And now that I was just is talking about this. What I was everybody just talking does. about this, like forced heckler, like the forced heckling that everyone made fun of for years. Yeah, that he went viral off of. Now everyone's just copy yeah. paste the formula. Yeah, everybody's doing. Look it. Look at yeah. you now. Yeah, and I, and I've done tons of shows with Steve. So Steve is is one of my best friends in comedy. I love. He's done so. I got AGT directly because he w took a chance on me to do yeah. his Laughs on Fox show, which was my first TV credit. I've done so many shows with Steve. They're not planted hecklers. It's nothing like that. It, right. it, it, what, what it is, though, it's now it's people know him as the heckler guy. Yeah. So people come and heckle. That's 
that's well, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't need to plant. Yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to plant anybody because people <laughs> want to be in the videos. You know, they come and they say shit. And right. plus, you and I have done enough shows. We're not really heckler destroyer guys. Like that's not like really our what our gimmick is. Yeah, not Mother, at all. motherfuckers just talk at shows yeah. all the time. Like you don't <laughs> have happens. to plant people <laughs> to get a dummy <laughs> to say thing. It'd be a waste of money if you did plant somebody because they're gonna talk. People are dumb. They get booze in them. They say shit. Uh, but I had a video, um, like the that fall, it did like two million views, which for me, okay. you know, obviously there's been more viral videos than that in the history of videos. But like for me, I was like, oh shit, like that's a lot of a lot of new eyes on me right i contacted agt again and i was like hey since the last time i auditioned this happened and i sent them that video and uh renee was like okay i'll, I'll send this to the producers and they loved it because because yeah. they because because they saw me what i looked like on television gotcha essentially because because uh that, that's the thing uh any comic who's ever thinking about auditioning for agt if you get to do like an audition tape or anything like that, it feels weird. Because when you're doing a set, if you're good at what you do, you read the energy of the room. Right. So so, so if you're in a dive bar, you don't pretend it's, you know, television. Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, like that. You know, it's a different energy. You're, you're competing against the, the TVs that still have sports on. There's career <laughs> drunks there that don't know it's comedy night and they don't want to listen to It's a different energy. What AGT wants to see, they don't want to see you be a good comic. They want to see you be a good AGT comic. Right. So so when right. when I was, even when I got on the show, they need to see tapes of like the next round of what you're trying to do. Because they, they need to approve your set. Because they want to make sure you're not doing anything obviously dirty or using language you're not supposed to. But even yeah. little stuff, like, like I did a joke about Fitbits and they had a problem with it initially because Fitbit is a brand name that wasn't sponsoring them. Oh my god! So, so there's so there's little things like that that it wasn't a dirty joke. Fitbit right. is not filthy by what it is, you know. But there's things you got to factor in. Yeah. When I but when I was sending those tapes, I would literally go to Mike's in in indie. I did a lot of like the red flag shows and stuff like that because mm -hmm. they were always really good to me. And I I would tell the audience I was like, listen, this energy is going to feel weird. Here's what I'm doing though. AGT, as you know, I'm on. They need this tape for this. So I'm going to pretend I'm on AGT. I know the energy is weird for this room, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. That's how you have to do it because they don't want to see right. you just be a good comic. They want to see what it's going to look like on television. Right. And it's just like the – so you're running reps. Like are you doing that every time you make it through another round? Yep. So you can – I remember uh, – maybe you can just remind me without doing the actual joke. Uh, you made a joke about one of the judges are – are referenced a previous set that you did um do you do you remember what i'm talking about i i would have to go back and watch I, okay I, I i will be honest a lot of that time is a blur yeah uh it, 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 in the best way though like that that yeah. summer is so so it, it was one of the weirdest feelings i've ever had in my life so they've changed the format slightly now but when you first are uh how when my season when i was on it so I found out in like November of 2018 that I was probably going to get to audition in front of the actual judges. Okay. They, they, they always leave a little wiggle room because things change. They make different decisions, but they basically told me, Hey, start getting ready. We're going to have you come out and probably right. do an audition that, that the audition films in March. 
Okay. So I, I fly out. To, I was still living in India at the time. I fly out in March. It's in Pasadena. I have my set. They basically wanted jokes that were on that video they saw. Okay. So, so how long's the how long's the actual set that you do? My, the actual <clears throat> set. My mine never got pared down that much. So it's not like it's not like you get up there and get to do ten and then they pick the best two. Like yeah, it was literally two minutes. Okay. You know so. Uh, they, they edited mine pretty good. It was basically the set. They 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 changed one of the actions I did a little bit. Uh, this is not like I'm being cocky, but they had to edit it a little bit because I got three standing ovations during my set. Oh shit! So so it went a little longer yeah. in real life because like if you're getting a standing ovation and a big applause break, you don't fucking start telling your next joke. That's just comedy. You know, you don't talk over your laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so it's about it's about two minutes there. And it went great, obviously. Like, I was there. I knew how well it went. Right. They, 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 they filmed a bunch of extra stuff with me. They had me come back on stage so they could film, a, a, like, a panoramic shot around me. Um, wow. So, so, so what, what had happened? I, I, I haven't told this story a ton. Uh, on that first audition, uh, I went out there. Uh, I, I, I hate something like this guy because I've said it a couple times because I'm normally not this guy. But, but I, I, I crushed. Like it was yeah. one of like as far as an AGT set goes, it could not have gone better. The yeah, last joke I mean it's I, not it's not being arrogant. You yeah. got third place on the show. It's not like <laughs> yeah. oh, I crushed and those sons of bitches yeah, wrote of me. I got yeah. four red X's, <laughs> <laughs> but right. I crushed. Yeah, I <laughs> totally killed. <laughs> they just don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, but but so I went out there and did my set, and my last joke is the one that a lot of meme sites steal now. It's my kids' joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I see all the time that these like just meme accounts put up and don't right. fucking tag me. I don't care. I don't own the footage. They can steal it <laughs> if they want. Tag me so I get them followers. That's what we want, baby. Want those yeah, I followers? Can't, I can't, I can't monetize dollars? the AGT footage, but I can get those followers. <laughs> I can monetize them, you assholes. Uh, but I went out there and I, and I told I told the the joke about when the kids stare at my arms. I pretend I'm discovering them for the first time too. Uh, yeah. The joke has a, it, you know, the big punch of the joke. It has like an act out where I'm like, "What are you? Oh my god, what happened? Call somebody!" Right. That got that got such a huge laugh that I stopped. I did the yeah. comedy thing, like, because because there's technically was one more line to the joke. It was right, uh, um, and that's why I'm not allowed at Toys R Us anymore. Which yeah. I had pitched that they approved that part of the joke, but okay. I got such a huge ovation. I was like, I'm not going to do done. better than that moment. So I yeah. stopped. Got all the the wonderful feedback from the judges. Got my four my four yeses. Got all that. Mm-hmm. When I got off stage, they were like, uh, "That was amazing, Ryan. That was fantastic." Here's what we're gonna do. We really want that line. So here later on in the show, we're gonna have you go back out there. You're gonna do the joke again, <laughs> so we that can get that line. Is amazing. Yeah. So I had to go <laughs> back out there, and, and luckily it killed again. I think that the audience just liked me so much that like because okay. they kind of told the audience, "Hey, we need that. We we missed a shot uh, during Ryan's performance, so he's gonna come back out here." I went out there and did the joke again, and when I knew things were this was like a real thing because I obviously the, the audition going well was great. Yeah. It's not a guarantee that they bring you on to the judge cuts. There's no guarantees. It's not right. like it's you go through it like, oh, yeah, I'll go. I'm going to be on TV more. That's not how it works. Right. But when I knew this was going to be a big deal, when they brought me back out there to do the joke, at first they were just like, yeah, you're going to walk back out there. You'll tell the joke again. We'll get that line. Everything will be great. But when I came back out, they had somebody with a handheld camera kind of walk out uh, with me and do like yeah. a kind of pan around. 
and I, I'm observant. They're not doing that for everybody else. Right. So I kind of went, oh shit, yeah. this is, <laughs> this, this is different. like, it was very flattering, but I'm like, oh, they're, they think I could be something on this show. Oh God. That's when I got real. Oh boring. man. That's amazing. You got back, you got your confidence. You got your pre AGT audition confidence back. Exactly. Like, yeah, I yeah. Am the shit now. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, but like at the same time, that's when it like made it a little like, because before everything, it was stressful. But I was like, I'm a pro. I've done this 12, 13 years now. I yeah. got this. You got. You know what? Like, 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 like the comedy side of it. Anything else that happened, I had to work on. But like, I know what this set is. I know it's good. I got it. Yeah, man. So let's fast forward. You, uh, you're standing on stage and you find out that. You place third. Can you yes. walk us through what that moment was like for you? Uh, it, it's it's one of those things that like I was so ecstatic. Like like that's one of the happiest moments I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very interesting to be up there because like so many people after the show and they were well meaning, but like I got so many like tweets and like DMs and like nice comments like, "Hey, don't give up, buddy." <laughs> you got, you know, like you got this. I know it's disappointing, man. You should have won, but like, don't give up. And in my brain, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like I know they're well-meaning. Like, obviously they're trying to be nice, but I'm like, what do you mean? I already won. <laughs> like, like I, I, I've already booked like enough work yeah. that like it, it totally, it's like triple what I've made in my entire career up to that point. You know, right. like, like I'm doing good. What was that but, pretty immediate after like? Oh, uh, uh, even during like like it's it started right after the audition. Okay. So uh, Samuel J. Comro, who is mm-hmm. a good buddy of mine, he was on the season before me. He got fourth place. Um, and he's a comic with Tourette. He's super funny guy. I've I've known him for I don't know twelve, thirteen years at this point. Uh, he kind of told me during the process because you don't know how far you're going to go. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. He was like, the second you get that first good clip, like if your audition goes well and it airs, yeah. try to get as much work as you can for the rest of the <laughs> I love that. That makes because so you, much Because you just don't know. You could at least capitalize. Because like having a good audition, it's always going to help. It's a great TV credit. But right. you really don't get to – I wouldn't have been a club headliner had I just made the quarterfinals. It would have right. helped me. It's, it's still obviously beneficial, but I'm not – you know, I don't get to come home and do Helium New Year's Eve weekend <laughs> as the headliner if I was just right. a quarterfinalist, you know? Right. So so can you do a compare and contrast before AGT oh, booking-wise yeah. and after AGT? It's so different. So uh, so uh, l- let me uh, let me kind of just uh, – I'll talk about that experience on stage real fast first. Yeah, yeah, kinda, please. It kind of it ties into it. So when I, when I made the fi- – making the finals is what you want as a comic. Uh, realistically speaking, and obviously it could happen, there could be an outlier, but a comic's never going to win that show, in my opinion. Josh Blue yeah. was on last year, who was essentially a ringer, and right. he got third place. He got exactly right. what I did as a nobody. If Josh Blue can't win as a ringer, essentially, right? we're probably not going to win. Not- but you don't need to win. You make the finals, That that that's when you start, your quality of life changes. Yeah. greatly once you make the finals like you you're an actual like okay i don't have to work at starbucks anymore yeah <laughs> you know like i can just yeah. do this job we will, now. we will take the apartment with the four car garage exactly <laughs> we will exactly be out uh that's why i have two game rooms now dwight <laughs> 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 two two video game rooms <laughs> 
thanks to my wife being awesome as well. <laughs> uh, but like when I'm on stage, like when you make the finals, it's all you're playing with house money at that point. I went out there. I think I had probably my best set. It was my favorite set of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I crushed it. I, I got to do my hate crime joke, which they didn't want me to do. Oh, <laughs> but I pushed love through. It. Yeah. That, because that one, I, like, they didn't have time for me to actually show them me doing the set. I just sent them a script. And, okay. and the last joke I used was basically, hey, I just want to thank AGT and everybody. You guys have changed my life. This was amazing. If you want to vote for me, that would be amazing. Uh, and if you don't, it is a hate crime. So, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> like, that's the joke I did. And like they at first, they didn't want to let me do it. I was like, trust me, it's going to crush. Luckily, yeah. it did. So I was very happy with the set. I didn't think I won. I was on the season with Cody Lee. Cody Lee was the winner. <laughs> that's okay. just what it was. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't know Cody Lee, he's a brilliant <clears throat> singer who's autistic and blind and has the voice of an angel and plays piano. Like, there was yeah. no shot. And, and, right. and I say that lovingly as friends <laughs> of him and his family. They're really, I'm really close with them still. They were the winners. Yeah. So when I got out there, though, I kind of looked at what everyone's set was, what everyone did. And, and, I, and I look at these things realistically. I was like, I think I got fourth place. Right. Because Cody Lee was the winner. Uh, my season, V Unbeatable, was the, uh, it was the dance crew from India who's the most, it's the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life. Just like the, yeah. the things they do with all the flips and like, it's amazing. And then I thought Detroit Youth Choir would get third just because there were so many of them. It was such a big, you know, voting pool <laughs> that people could right. vote. Right. I was like, they probably got third and I got fourth. Uh, I, when I am getting third and when I beat V Unbeatable, I kind of went, oh shit. <laughs> like, That's <laughs> like, and, 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 and like that moment though, it was such relief. I know they try to play it up for television. Terry Crew was just like, Ryan, I'm so sorry. And I have this big dumb smile on my face. I'm so happy with ha- everything that happened. Yeah. So it's so like, but he's like, pop locking like, around you. <laughs> Ryan, exactly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, uh, uh. Flexing his pegs at me. Just yeah, like, what's just, up? Does this make it feel better? Yeah. Uh, yes. But, but like, the second I got off stage, I, I think that's when we talk about like the comparison of change. Like, like, bookings had already picked up before that like I, w- I had already done a few headlining spots in places that probably wouldn't have responded to my emails six months ago yeah uh, so like so i was already working more but once you like get to the finals and it went so well i got third place like being able to say oh you got third place on the show is a good way to market um the second like almost immediately when i got off stage my brain kind of went oh shit well here we go <laughs> yeah because c- c- yeah. life got so different i like we, we had done a lot of work together before AGT. Like we, like, so we'd done tons of shows together. We know each other really well. I was paying my bills. Right. But I was still always like, well, if this weekend cancels, I might have to ask my brother to borrow money. You know, right. I was kind of, I was like always just right on the cusp, yeah. you know, like I technically Definitely. didn't have to work, but it was, it was tight. And the second, like, so the, the finals aired on a Wednesday, I flew home Thursday. I was on the road Friday and, and, and I was on the road almost constantly until the pandemic shut everything down like that Man. that's what that's what got me off the road how was, long uh how long was it before it was pretty quick was it even a year six months and change man wait wait, wait which is that, that, that I mean, that's another thing i'm dealing with now it's it, it's life is still much better than it was before this is a my diamond necklace is too heavy situation if i'm complaining <laughs> uh but usually if you do really well you have a good run on that show you get about one and a half to two years where things are pretty hot with you not having to do anything other than having been on the show. Right. I got six months of that before the pandemic shut everything down. 
and now things are still fine. Like, like the shows are good, but it used to be like, oh, these are guaranteed sellouts. I don't have to do anything. It's <laughs> just, I was yeah. on the show. I just show up. Right. Now it's back to hustle now, mode. Now you kind of have to hustle again. So, so it's a little yeah. adjusting with that. Um, figuring out just how to get video content out, all this kind of stuff. Started right. podcasts, trying to figure out how to edit video. It, it, it becomes a whole new thing. So it's like, but that, that's what comedy is, man. It's like you get one of your goals. What's the next yeah. thing? Now the cripple threat is stand-up, uh, producing, and video editing. And <laughs> yeah, there's so <laughs> podcasting. Yeah, 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 you know, it, it's the old Mitch Hedberg joke, but it's so true. Where it's yeah. like you, you work. I, I, I almost all exclusively focus on just getting really good at stand-up. That right. was what I wanted to do. That was what yep. I put my focus. I didn't want to do sketches. I didn't want to have like a YouTube channel where I did cute little. Th- I like. I just want to get good at stand-up. You get yeah. good at stand-up, and it's like, all right, do you know how to edit videos? Do you know how to, do you have a script ready? Do you have a, you know, it's like, you know, it's the, it's, the, old, the old Hedberg joke. Oh, go, you're a good chef. Uh, do you farm? <laughs> do you farm? That's so funny. That's kind of what That's it is. So, it's perfect, man. It's, uh, I know a lot of things have obviously improved after AGT. Has anything gotten more difficult? Um, like you had to, you had to change your name on Facebook. That's you for, to to for like a little bit. Yeah, I, I just changed protection. my name back, like, like a little bit. And, and like again, it's flattering. It wasn't that it was like bad. I forgot to do it before the audition aired, and when it aired, like the second my clip was over, my personal Facebook, like my fan page did too, and like my Instagram and stuff. But my personal Facebook just blew up oh, with man. with DMs and friend requests and all this stuff because people are just excited. Like it was all right. positive. There was no hate involved with it. But my priority when that first aired is I wanted to be able to every single person that messaged me, I responded to at least initially because yeah. it was important to me. Like like no one knows who you are. No one had cared who I was before that on this kind of scale. Right. And but like my priority with my personal page, especially, I wanted to be able to people I actually know in person, you know, that like my friends from back home, you know, comics that I work with, you know, the indie scene that was so supportive of me during the whole run. I wanted to be able to like, Hey, thank you guys so much. I want, but like when when you're, when you're weeding through like, well-meaning, but it's just like all these people from Valdosta, Georgia, like all the people I've never met in my life. You're like, like man, I can't even talk to my mom right now. <laughs> I yeah. want to talk to my mom. Like, I'm like shit, I'm excited man. about this. Um, yeah, so so that all changed out. That was one of the bad like bad things, I guess. And, and this has kind of scaled down a little bit, just because it's been three years since I was on the show. Mm-hmm. But initially, I couldn't go anywhere without people stopping me, and man. and and that's a good problem to have. Um, so uh, Chris Jericho, who became a buddy of mine because he was my uh, my duet partner, basically. For the yeah, finals, I know, my celebrity I know that's a wrestler. Yeah. 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 That was, I watched. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I've heard I of like, The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of The Rock. I know Chris Jericho. Yeah. But, uh, but he, he, he kind of put it in a good perspective with me because it was it was a little overwhelming. It's always flattering when people want a picture, but it, it does get a little overwhelming sometimes. He mm-hmm. was like, you need to be more worried about when people don't want pictures with you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the problem. That makes like, sense. The fact yeah. that people want them, that's a good thing. But yeah. when my uh, my wife, my now wife, mm-hmm. when we had first kind of got back together because we had dated in college originally and we kind of reconnected just a little bit after AGT, when we were out, like we went out for uh, like a birthday thing for her to Disneyland because we, okay. we live pretty close to Disneyland. She loves going to Disney. I love going to Disney. We went there and 
I think we lost count at being stopped 50 times. And this was like oh January, God. right after the show. And again, it's very it's very flattering. They're just very excited. It's very nice. It makes you feel good. Right. But I'm trying to have, you know, yeah. a, a nice birthday date. So so I, I kind of made a joke with her. I was like, you know what's going to happen one day? I'm going to like propose to you and I'll be in the middle of it. And someone's going to be like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to let you finish this. <laughs> but you might have like, get a picture real fast. <laughs> and they'll make her take the picture. That's usually how it yeah. worked. <laughs> so so, so it, it was it's one of those things like like that got a little annoying so when i did propose like we did it on a desolate beach so that could not happen Perfect. <laughs> so i made sure that it was good so that can be a little but but again it's, it's yeah. the price of mission it's uh the more people that want pictures of you the the better you're doing at this job you know For sure. you're, you, you figured it out and that's, and that's sure. a nice feeling you mentioned that your wife's a teacher um yes so obviously you're on different schedules Correct. Not to mention you're traveling all the time. How do you balance a healthy relationship versus what you need to do, like all the different things you need to do in this time-consuming field? Uh, well, well, one of the things that's helped us out is that we are both established in our careers before we got married. Yeah. So, so we we kind of know, like, like realistically, because I think if you're, if I was trying to do this, if I was trying to become a comic, like we got married in my early twenties or something like that. It's a lot harder to justify to somebody because you know, early on when you're trying to make this happen, you yeah. it's no money and you have to draw. Like I had to drive four hours to do this five minute showcase or I had to yep. do like, it's, it's part of the deal. It's, it's a very expensive hobby that takes up a lot of your time. Right. Early on. Right. Since, since this is, you know, this is my career now and, and I, and I love it, but it's the job. It's what's going to help us. It's helping us buy a house. It's like, like yep. this is the job. And obviously her job is a lot more structured. She mm -hmm. knows exactly what days she works. She knows when she has to be there, when she gets to leave. She knows her responsibilities. My job just isn't that. Today I'm recording a podcast and working on videos. You know, next right. week, uh, this Sunday I, I drive to do a show in Arizona. Like it, it's so different uh, how it all works that it has been a little tough. I, I mean, even with sleep schedule, you know, she wants to be in bed by nine or sleep by nine because she has to be up at, you know, 530 to start getting ready yep. for school. I, I have breakfast with her sometime because I haven't slept yet. Yeah, exactly. We just have a little different schedules of that. And, and it, it has been a little tough here and there because you have to plan around certain things like, you know, New Year's Eve. Chances are she has to be cool with spending that in a comedy club. Because I'm probably right. going to be working almost all yep. New Year's, you know, Thanksgiving weekends. I might be gone to do shows, yeah. you know, like you miss a lot of holidays, uh, e even little stuff where it's like she ha she has to go stag to a lot of things. You know, yeah, it's man. like, oh, my cousin's wedding. It's like, sorry, I'm working. I can't, you know, because because a lot of people, no, I say this, normal people <laughs> with, with a normal <laughs> nine to five through Friday, yeah. the weekend is when they plan shit. That's right. when we work. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. that's when we go to the office. Yeah. So th there's a lot of times where it's like, it sucks, but she has to go to events by herself a lot of times. So we, we, we're, we're figuring it out. It's, it's not like it's contentious, but it's just, it's the nature of our jobs, you know? And, yeah, it's... and, and especially over the pandemic, uh, if, if I could figure out, if I could get like a, be a writer on a show or something like that, My I would God. be on the, I would be on the road less just because yep. when, when the pandemic happened, everything shut down i'm that's when i moved i moved from indiana to here to, to be with her and 
I love spending time with my wife. I know that's unpopular right. for a comic to say. You're supposed to be like, my wife's a nagging bitch. And here's what she- <laughs> I love my wife. She's awesome. She, she had a dog who is now my dog, and I love yeah. this dog. I want to spend all my time playing video games, hanging out with my wife, <laughs> and petting my dog. So, like, if I could figure out a way uh, to, like, still do this but be home more, I would absolutely do it. Oh, man, I love that. I'm glad you're not leaning into the 1970s, I hate my wife. It's such a like, weird oh, trope. Like, the, like, the guy. Like, <laughs> and I'll make fun of my wife on stage, but it's, like, in cute ways. It's, like, I've been writing jokes about how my wife and I are finding out how disgusting we are now. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, things like that. But it's not, like, here's the dumb shit my dumb bitch <laughs> wife likes to say. My, my wife don't even let me look at titties no more. What the fuck is that about? You know, it's just, like. What yeah. is that? Like, who lives like that? Like, my wife's <laughs> awesome. I love her. <laughs> uh, they said she wasn't going to do blowjobs no more, and uh <laughs> turns out that's yeah, true. Well, like, well, uh, you, know, what, what, you know what Big marriage is like? Oh, yeah, my dick's turning to dust because it doesn't get... <laughs> it's like, shut up, man. Like, my wife's great. Oh, I love man. her. Man, I love that, man. Uh, so, obviously, spending time with your wife. What else do you do to wind down? I know you... we. Talked about wrestling a little bit, but I also know you're an avid gamer. And yes. you started a you recently started a podcast about gaming. Is that correct? Right? Yes. So uh so I'm a huge video game guy. You can't really see it because I don't have I don't I need to position this room better so you can actually see it. This wall, this is game room one. So this is okay. the modern room. So Walk that's, us my, through that's it. my that's my four K TV. That's where I have all yes. my modern systems. I got my PS5 in here, my Xbox Series X, my switches in here, all that stuff. Big wall of like all this stuff over here is all my modern games. Yeah, what are you playing the, the most? Uh, right now, uh, I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon Five for Xbox Series X. It's a very chill game. I don't uh, know what any of those words mean. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it, it, it's a racing game. It's a racing game. <laughs> you said X like eighteen times. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. What you talking about, man? Yeah, like like talking about gaming. I, I feel the same way that like when I I have a nephew now through marriage. I'm okay. married into being a nephew and he's like really into <laughs> star Wars right now, which oh, I don't yeah. like, I like star Wars, but I don't, I don't know the lore. I never got into it that way. And he's yeah. like, this battle droid does this. And this droid does this. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, what's your favorite battle droid? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like kid. I don't know, man. I don't, C-3PO? I, 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 I do miss the, that time in your life where like you're, you don't realize that, everyone's not as passionate about the things you care about as you are. Right. It, it, it's such like a nice innocence to be like, yeah. of course I'm going to tell you all about my pro- love of pro wrestling. Cause who wouldn't love this? This is amazing. <laughs> it's the greatest thing I've ever discovered. Uh, but then across the hall, I have the, uh, the retro room. So I Ooh. have, uh, I, I have a, a CRT uh, old tube TV in there. Okay. I have like all the old stuff hooked up. I think if you count all my digital collection as well, I am uh, well over five thousand games right now. That is my yeah. that that is my voice or uh, my vice rather. That is absolutely absurd and amazing. Yeah, and I love you for that so much. Well, well that- it, it, it's it's the thing I've always done. So like I got into it pretty big a few years ago. because uh, when you're on the road and you know this, the road's lonely, man. Like it can be fun doing the shows is great, but you're in these weird cities for a long you, time where you don't know anybody, and so. I don't drink, I don't party, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. So when I was on the road, instead of, instead of trying to find anything like that, you know, I wasn't out trying to like get laid. I wasn't trying to drink. I would just go to game stores. 
And I was like, oh, this looks cool. I'll pick this up. And it, and it sort of snowballed. I, I, I always tell my wife that like there's worse vices I could have because at least with this, there's resale value. <laughs> you know yeah exactly if she needs if she needs a kidney i got a lot of money i got I a lot got... of kidney money on this wall right here <laughs> that's all we'll i'm saying you up. We exactly. will hook you but, up but if you spend it all on, on partying and, and booze or whatever that's just, it's you might have a good time but that's wasted it's gone you know that money yeah gone. there's no resale so, value so and, 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 and plus my wife's not worried about me cheating or anything at yeah. all like like she knows what i'm doing on the road <laughs> yeah. you know? she's, she's like oh you're, you're not at a strip club are you i'm like no me and uh because I, I travel with dave yates a lot it's like no we're at this retro video game store he just bought a couple of retro <laughs> records it's like we're like I, I like being boring on the road it's it's fine this and this gives me something to do because you know how yeah, it is man. you're you're in a hotel for three days in tulsa i don't really know anyone in tulsa like no you get you can get depressed it's real easy just to be sitting there and get really stir crazy and depressed and so this gives me something a little more a little more fun to focus on when i'm traveling Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you doing the the podcast. Uh, what else you got coming yeah, up? So it, it only took us about four months to actually <laughs> get I the know. timing to work. <laughs> You're a busy man. Uh, my wife had uh, leg surgery, and you know, but we made it happen. She's not trying to steal my cripple thing, is she? Because that's Dude, bullshit. I'm like is. Megan. Megan, we need a gimmick. Because I, <laughs> I know Megan. What if that was that? What if that was like your weird like? Like Just you like, need to start pulling your weight here. Yeah. Ryan got a Ryan got on AGT as a cripple. You're gonna be a cripple. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Get out oh, there. Oh man, for the love of the game, baby. <laughs> here you go. Come on now. I, I want a four car garage and two game rooms. You need yeah. to get out there. <laughs> I think uh, I think most of my listeners are based here in Indy, uh, and you'll be here. You'll be here New Year's weekend, New Year's right? Eve. Yeah, 29th through the oh, 31st. Yeah. So we'll be ringing in the new year. Um, it'll still be a fun show. I, I know I just got done telling people I don't drink, so it's not yeah. going to be that kind of party. At least from <laughs> my standpoint, you can drink. You guys can get nuts. Uh, but it'll be fine. Yeah. It's always nice to come home. Uh, he- Helium was, you know so great to me during the process you know like i've known mm-hmm. avery for years and like so much of the right. staff is is the morty's staff you know like they kind of exactly. went from there and, and morty's was my home club for a year like that was that was my club i picked right you know, we, we could we could do an entire new podcast about why i didn't choose crackers that's a totally oh, different uh, it's something that i've talked <laughs> about at length uh, conversation we could have we've covered pretty much but all I, the bases I, I, but I yeah just, uh, we could I'm do excited that to come home. yeah yeah exactly yeah it, 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 indy was great to me it's it's my you know, all things equal. If my wife didn't have a job out here, I would probably still live in Indy. I love being there. I'm excited to see everybody. I don't think tickets are up just yet, but it'll be uh, 29th through the 31st of December. Well, right on, man. I appreciate you. I love you so much. I'm so happy for you. Well, I love you too, buddy. Next, next time I'm home, let's uh, let's. Uh, I, I know this is a douchey thing that everyone says, but let's actually get lunch. Let's let's hang out, man. It's been Please. a little bit since I've seen you. Please. Okay, we, yeah. we, 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 need to, uh, we need to bitch about our, our nags of wives. Am I, I right? <laughs> <laughs> the old ball and chain we got to talk about. Let's just both get booked on a Bob and Tom show that week, and we will. <laughs> That's all we should do. Here's yeah. the, re- the top ten reasons our wives are nagging bitches. <laughs> like, Am I booked whoa. yet? Am I yeah, booked I'm yet? Like, come on, let's do this. <laughs> That was the lovely Ryan Nee Miller. Oh my God, what a great chat with a great dude. Oh, follow Ryan everywhere. It's N-I-E-M-I-L-L-E-R. 
So much fun talking to him. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week. Matter of fact, have a great week. That's an order. Thanks for listening. Talk to your ear holes next week, baby. Peace.